Hey, I want to invite you guys, if you've been listening to this podcast and enjoying this content and are passionate about protection, you should know that we have an entire library of all of the protector symposiums that we've ever done uh, hosted at protectornation.com. You can go there and you can download those and you can watch every protector symposium we've had to date there online and you can learn protection tactics from the most, some of the most elite trainers in the world from the comfort of your own home. I think you'll be surprised about how much content we actually have there. Uh, It's very, very, very reasonably priced and you can upgrade your protection skills. Remember, protection is not all about the hard skills. 90% of it is all about the software, the programming, the way you see and move in the world to achieve a safer pattern of life. With that having been said, go to protectornation.com, join us there, learn from the best of the best. Now, enjoy the show. Boom, hello and welcome to the Protector Nation podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to making the world a better place, making the world a safer place by making good people dangerous. In this podcast, we're going to study and understand what it takes to protect, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, because we all know that you have a few basic needs, food, water, and shelter, but you also have the need to protect those things. In a world and society where evil runs rampant and is sometimes left unchecked, learning how to protect yourselves and your loved ones is becoming more and more important. And so we strive to raise the level of accountability to those who would do evil on this planet by making sure that the sheep, that the flock, is more well-versed in protecting themselves and their loved ones. If that sounds interesting to you, then sit back and enjoy the show. Out. I met Byron through um, working in Beverly Hills. He was doing executive protection for um, some high-profile being, and um, we spent quite a few uh, moments together over like an eight year span. Mm-hmm. And um, you always made me feel really safe. And I felt like just being around you, I was more aware. Um, and I didn't realize how important and necessary that really is to be in my day to day and not just when you're around. <laughs> yeah. So um, you really inspired me to want to feel safer within my body. Um, you know, I feel safe when I'm around my husband he's a huge, uh, person, (laughs) but you know, there's a lot of times when he's not around when he's at work. And now that I am a mother and, um, I have a baby to protect, I don't want to be living in fear, but I definitely want to use fear as a tool and let that fear kind of guide me so that I have a plan. And you taught me to be calm with the plan and just hearing those words together just really helped um so that i wasn't just in survival mode i feel like now um and i've only just we've only gone over just a handful of things um and i already feel so much safer um just you know uh in certain situations that i would be in and before um i would just feel a little bit on edge and now i have a plan um so i have my notebook here i've got a pen and whoever is um, signed on, please get a notebook because he's about to share so much knowledge and I'm ready. Outstanding. Yay. Thanks so much, Eva. It's an honor. Awesome to see you again. And um, yeah, just thank you for you know sharing your, your tribe with me and inviting me in here. Honestly, for me, when it comes to female-centric self-protection, that's really... Just for you guys, that's what we're, we're going to dig into here. Um, we're going to talk about kind of really what the family needs to focus on. Because as a strong male, you know, like a 240-pound athletic black dude, I'm kind of like, sweet. You know, like, I don't have anything to worry about. But the reality is that my women and children, when they're not with me, um, that's when we're vulnerable. Um, and it's something that we should be really hyper aware of because it's something that the enemy knows. You know, and um, with a statement like that, it's almost natural to be a little bit like, ah, (laughs) you know, but um, part of all of this is 
thinking the way the enemy thinks and becoming really kind of well acquainted with seeing yourself and your family through the eyes of the enemy. Like you hear in training day, one of my favorite movies, it takes a wolf to catch a wolf, right? But like, and while we may not have that same heart, um, we do need to understand how to use the same tools and understand that perspective, right? So when, when you look at, when I assess myself, obviously, you know, I'm pretty formidable, but my vulnerability is my backfield. So I think as protectors and this, you know, some of my demographics on here as well, something that we should be very deliberate and aware of and take a lot of value, uh, make sure we're generating a lot of value into is making sure our families are protected because they weren't born with the same physical potency we have and that has to be developed. Um, and no matter how big and strong we are, you know, and, and there's also a false sense of confidence. Some of us can, I believe, suffer from being like, I have this big, strong man, you know, and that's awesome. But when he's at work, you don't have him, you know, and hope is, 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 is sometimes comforting, but it's not a plan. You know, it's really not a plan and it's a really dangerous. The thing that's interesting about protection is it's like a parachute, you know, like, uh, if you've never needed a parachute, you really might not think you need one, <laughs> you know, but if you ever need a parachute, you need a, you need a sneaking parachute, you know, so it's really easy. And kind of, this is why I started making these tactical protection reviews is because, you know, my sister's, uh, I'd be like, Hey, you know, like don't sit in your car and send a text message start driving. And they'd be like, oh, you know, like security guy. Like, of course you would say that. And I'm like, like this is like this is, is there's really things out there to be paying attention to, and if you have any questions or any anything, feel free to interrupt me at any point in time. And no, I've already taken so many notes. I'm like, we'll kick it back. Seriously and forth. fascinated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it's so easy to get lulled into the reality you've lived your entire life, and I think that's a really big trap for the feminine because there's been. Americans specifically have been able to enjoy a life uh, that's safe, that's comfortable. We get to like actually be upset about our Starbucks orders, right? Whereas like I go to the other side of the planet, I've been to over 60 countries and, you know, I, I've, I, I've seen moms that chop their kids' hands off so that they can beg, uh, so that they can use the kids to get donations to like put food on the table for the rest of the kids. Like, like there's so much, you know, intensity going on out there, but it's easy for us to make ourselves because of that ease into very, very easy targets. And that's before factoring into, uh, factoring in like the, the hypnosis device we carry around with us that, that, you know, our cell phone that's got us on like operant slash classical conditioning that's pulling our attention all the time. So the reality of personal protection, the first piece of it really is awareness. And um, I'm going to break that down so that it's actually a constructive term that you understand. Um, a lot of people kind of just say situational awareness and like they leave it at that. And they're like, you've got to have more situational awareness. I'm like, yes, you do. But like, how do we make this practical and meaningful to like, you know, someone who's not come from a dangerous or combative background. You grew up in the hood, you are organically do 90% of what I'm talking talking about. You just kind of need to understand the ology so you can like, okay, this is what I'm doing and you can part it out and you can kind of, but if you grew up in an environment that demands that awareness, you're already uh, organically doing it. But the first part of really living a safer pattern of life is really understanding that it's necessary and becoming deliberate about it and waking up to that. And and I think that's really the the beginning of starting to become safer. So like in therapy or in psychology, it's like you sit there and you have conversations and you're like, what am I even doing here? You know, but what you're actually doing is you're taking the light of your consciousness, of your awareness, and you're focusing it, focusing it on your behavior and you're deciding that you do or do not want that behavior in your life. And then what ends up happening is you organically begin to problem solve and actually kind of fix some of these behaviors because you're now you're hyper aware of them and you start to kind of root them out. Right. So that's kind of the first piece is starting to be like, you know, what, I should probably pay closer attention. Like, what do I look like right now to somebody who would be trying to victimize me? You know, whether you're you know, whether you're a physically potent human being or not, you know, uh, 
no one cares in LA. We've seen, we've, I mean, I've posted videos of everybody getting hooked up, you know? So the first thing is just kind of waking up to it. I think protection strategies for men and women are different just because we are so different, you know, like the physical potency of us, you know, it's, it's just a fact. I've heard some protectors say, well, it doesn't really matter. Like, no, I think we do need to use different tools. Uh, but I think the primary tool, actually, before I get into that, let's talk about kind of, we'll go from soft skills to hard skills. Not everything, um, when you think of keeping yourself safe, I think people start to think about like, you know, uh, being tough and being like hardcore and guns and knives and all those things. And some of that does have to do with it, but realistically keeping yourself safe has everything to do with your software primarily. It has everything to do with the safe habits and ways of being that you are in the world. The way you see the world, your perception, um, the way it makes you move as a result, the pattern of life you're able to achieve. So much of keeping you safe has to do with perception. If you find yourself in a situation where you have to use your hard skills and you're using your hardware and all these different things, you are like you've kind of messed up. Like either you got ambushed and 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 they got the drop on you, or you kind of messed up. Almost every scenario I've been sent, pretty much ever. If you think about the pillars I'm about to explain to you when it comes to the soft skills, if you implement these principles and these pillars, and I talk about them in the tactical protection reviews. If you guys haven't seen it, go to my YouTube channel, link in bio. You've got. I think it's like 150 plus real world combative scenarios that I've broken down, like how to survive, how to move, how things could have gone different. Monday morning quarterbacking with the intent to teach us something, right? But uh, when you understand these principles and you actually implement them, avoiding these catastrophes becomes so much more, becomes so much simpler. So really it comes down to your awareness and situational awareness is, um, broken down into four quadrants. So you've got your context. Where are you going? When are you going to this place? Is it a good idea to go to this place, right? So I, I got sent a video a while back and it was like, um, it was an amazing ambush. Like the guy, there was nothing he could have done. But when you really look at it, it was like, um, he's at a gas station at 2 a.m. in the morning in the middle of the hood though. like. You really could have just not been at a gas. I mean, maybe you had to get gas. Like, maybe you had to stop and get gas. Yeah. But maybe you could have not done it in the middle of the head at 2 a.m. in the morning. Like, I remember reading the write-up, and it was like, dude. Um, and he was driving a nice sports car, and he got jumped by, like, five dudes with AKs. And I was like, dang. Okay. Well, that was an awesome ambush, a good ambush. Uh you don't get away like you, you it's a good ambush is not the one that you fight your way out of right you don't even know what's happened it's just over but context is the first pillar where am i going what does it mean what do i need to know how do i how should i behave based on where i'm going and what i'm doing and that's kind of like gonna get you out of a lot of things and it's gonna keep you in the right psychological posture as you go into this place you know you're going to a house party there are so many variables you're going to a, you're going to a baseball game there are so many variables not to mention adding in the fact that people now do execute like active shooter this that and the next thing and there's like a terrorist concern like there's so many different things that have actually been happening at these events you know so um if you're going to a place with a bunch of people those are a bunch of unknown variables you're going to a bar unknown variables. So you should be like a yellow, you know what I mean? Like already going into this. And this doesn't mean that you're going to be paranoid. It just means that you're going to make sure that when you enter this environment, you're going to take control of your security and you're going to actually come up with a plan. That's the mistake most people make is they just don't take control. And then since they don't know how to take control, they start to kind of feel fear about it. And then they start to run away. You know, they start to, well, that's being paranoid. Well, maybe for yeah. you being paranoid, you don't have to know how to deal with the fear. Maybe fear does actually have you. Really, it's being prepared and it's being prudent, you know. So you take control of the situation. So context, where am I going? How dangerous is it? Should I be aware? Am I going to a restaurant? Okay, cool. Okay, cool. How can I take control of my security? Am I going to a house party? Boom, 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 boom. Context, tactical positioning. Another thing to know about context too, though, is... 
uh, you will more than likely always be attacked on the seams in a transitional space. So what does that going, mean? Yeah, so going from your house to your car, transitional space. Oh, got it, got it. Yeah, going, and it's macro and micro. So like going from your home to your place of work, that's also a larger transitional space. Uh, going to visit your relatives on the East Coast, that's a giant transitional space, right? So you're in, the reason transitional spaces are really where you get attacked all the time is because you don't, you're most vulnerable in these spaces because you really don't recognize the baseline and you're kind of, you're just exposed. And every predator in the world, this is when you're going to be driving past them, walking past them. You don't know, you don't know their intent. They don't know your intent. So they're sizing you up. This is when you're kind of in the fray, right? Uh, gas stations are like watering holes. Always be on your P's and Q's at gas stations. <laughs> Literally, that's where all the predators go to hunt. Uh, gas station, you know, you know. So uh, transitional spaces are big. That's where 80% of the attacks happen. That's where most of my videos are. So context, get that down. Tactical positioning. Where am I in this environment? And where is everyone in the environment relative to me? You know, so... If I'm getting in an elevator, I'm going to take a position where my back's against the wall. I'm facing anyone and anything that's interesting to me. If I'm going to be, if I'm walking and someone's rolling up into what I call my quarter panels, they're like right back here, kind of your blind spot. Like I'm paying attention to these things all the time. Uh, I don't need to know someone's intent in order to know to pay attention to them. If they move into a position on me that I'm vulnerable that makes me vulnerable to them. If anyone's, you know, back here at like your your four o'clock or your your seven o'clock, um, eight o'clock area, it's kind of like, why are you there? And and a lot of times it's just a civilian that's just like, dude, like not paying attention, like you know, and God bless them, you know. But if I'm on a if I'm on an elevator with someone who might be suspect, you know, I'm going to hold my phone um, in a way that I can jam it through someone's brain, my credit, credit card in between their eyes. And I'm just going to wait and see what happens, you know, but I'm going to be prepared, you know. Yeah. Um, but if you have your context right and you have your tactical positioning right, you probably won't get into that, get onto that elevator because you're going to be thinking, all right, cool, transitional space. Now I'm rolling up to an elevator. I'm going to be vulnerable in this elevator unless I'm bigger than any and everyone on the elevator. And even then, right, anybody can kill you. That's the unwritten rule. Anybody can kill you. Be courteous, be kind, but have a plan. Yeah, you know, be Madison, courteous, be kind, but have a plan. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing that down. Yeah, that's a General Mattis special. Semper five. Marine Corps birthday is coming up. But, um, you know, if you're paying attention to your context and your tactical positioning. Maybe you don't even get on that elevator. Maybe you walk away, you know, uh, tactical positioning. You get into, this is the way, you know, people kind of make fun of it a little bit, but it's so true and it's so important. You go out to eat, you sit down. The main thing is you want to make sure you have visual mastery of your environment, visual dominance, as much visual dominance as possible. So you can take in as much information as quick as possible. So, I'm not reacting to things in my environment. I'm seeing them coming. I'm seeing those things moving towards me. I go to a house party and it's kind of like, okay, I'm looking for some good real estate. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, everyone's having fun so far. Cool. You know, there's a spot in the corner of the room right next to the back door. There is a spot along the wall with an exit nearby. Here's another spot maybe in another area with a hard room next to it. Maybe a bathroom. I can pop in there and close the door and come up with my next plan. Hit a bathroom window. You know, so you're just thinking like this. At first, it sounds like a lot, but it's just like driving a car, right? Like you get in the car and the first time you got in a car, you're like, this is a lot. How does yeah. everyone do this? Like, yeah. how is everyone just, you know, driving around? And then like a few years go by and you're sitting there and you're driving your car and you're like sending text messages and brushing your teeth and you're just not even thinking about it because the systems and the programs are already written in your mind. Yeah. When you when you said that to me, that was one of the first things you said. And I already just felt like, whoa, I yeah. don't need to be living in fear because most people um, can probably say the same thing that when we are in a situation where we feel unsafe, we think in the worst case scenario anyway. Yeah. So we're already doing it. But instead of just what would I do? It's like, oh, I have a plan, so I'm good. And it's just right. like, so my feathers aren't so ruffled anymore just from that tool. And that's one tool. So yeah. I just that's had awesome. to include that. Yeah. 
No, thank you. And that's, that's kind of really, you will find that you will have more peace more often because you're thinking ahead and you're having a plan. It's like, if you didn't know where your food was coming from, you'd be stressed out. If you didn't know where your money was coming from, you'd be kind of stressed out. But if you're like, okay, sweet. I know I have these provisions coming from here. It really gives you more peace as you move through more, you know, whatever's taking place. And then after, uh, the, the only downside is sometimes you're kind of like, when you sometimes when you're in an awkward position where you're like, oh, I got the bad seat at the table, <laughs> you know, and I have my back to the door, yeah. then you can be a little uncomfortable kind of sometimes. And you have yeah. to be like, you know what? Let me just, you mind if I switch spots with you? And then everyone's like, oh, you're the security guy, you know? But like, <laughs> if something, oh, yeah, you know, but if something happens and you're the person who has the tools and the skills and you deal with it, everyone loves you, you know, then you're the hero. So uh, the other part of this is you might have to deal with like the zombies who are like, nothing bad's ever going to happen. Like you might have yes. to deal with them, like trying to accept the fact that you're paying attention to this because it makes them a little more aware of the chaos looming right underneath the surface of reality every single second that we're here on this planet <laughs> you know like the, the the possibility that something could go wrong you know and sometimes people have a t well people have different reactions to that and that's kind of why we want to be prepared and we want to be you know as, as diligent as we can while it's a time of peace right so um, context, tactical positioning, rolling risk assessment so this is where you know, you know, you're going to a risky location. So you're going to be like, all right, sweet. I'm going to pay a closer attention, uh, tactical positioning. I'm going to place myself in an intelligent place so that I can have visual mastery. I can see everything taking place, everything coming, rolling risk assessment. This is where we start to get into, uh, behavioral profiling. And, uh, this is all of this is very, this is like emotionless. This is like you feel nothing, like you're taking in data. This is, there's a military age male over there. I mean, it sounds kind of military, but it's like, that's a dangerous human being over there because he is more physically potent than me, stronger than me. He's more athletic than me. And if everyone in that environment looks, if gangsters look like that in that environment and he looks like he could be one of them, then guess what? Maybe he's a gangster. You know I mean, like you have to be like completely... Um, pragmatic about this and realistic to this in this because this will only be as effective as you are at reading reality okay so you'll miss things and there's a great book um, by Gavin DeBecker called The Gift of Fear and it talks about uh, really learning how to listen to your intuition when it comes to fear and interacting with people and all these different things. And one of the most dangerous things that people do, and I believe females do most often, is they try to assign intent to people. Like, you know, I had a funny feeling about him, but, you know, I just thought, you know, there's no way he's like a bad guy. Maybe he's a, he's a nice guy. Da -da 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 -da. Yep. You want to believe the best. And yes. that naivete can make you um, a perfect victim. Um, and it does to a, a whole bunch of, you know, the case studies in that book. That book's a really good book. Another book that's really good is Tim Larkin's When Fear is the Answer. I mean, not When Fear, When Violence is the Answer. Tim oh, yeah. Larkin's When Violence is the Answer, not an amazing book. Um, that will help you understand exactly the type of types of things I'm talking about. Um, but as you're doing this kind of, rolling risk assessment, you're looking in your environment for people who are around and you're kind of like, what is the baseline here? What is the alibi here? I'm at a gas station. If these people are not pumping gas and going into the gas station to get like some hot Cheetos, uh, then what are they doing? You know, like if there's a dude with a hood and it sounds so like Okay, of course the dude with the hood's the bad guy. But like when I see my when I when I do tactical protection reviews and it's like, you'll see a civilian pumping his gas, just looking this way, and there's a dude with a hood, two dudes with a hood, and they're like yeah. lurking and lurking, yeah. and I said, no, this civilian dude didn't even look over at him. Then he gets mugged. Yeah. Of course he gets mugged. Yeah. You know, so it's real. Pay attention to your instincts. Pay attention to your environment. Pay attention to the baselines in your environment. You know, you just got off a plane, you're in another country, you're waiting for your bus to pick you up. 
Is everybody there also kind of waiting for their bus to pick them up, got their bags, standing next to the curb, obviously looking for a car to come pick them up? Or is there a guy in the corner uh, sitting over there just watching everybody who's getting picked up to see who's picking them up and where they're going to take them? Like, that's the guy. <laughs> you have to kind of be like, okay, cool. Maybe we've been watched. Are we being followed? You know, so this is kind of the way you have to start start looking at things and reading people's body language. Who doesn't have an alibi? Who's just sitting there observing? Predators are watching, and what you'll find is you are also going to, like, like you and the predators will see each other. <laughs> they'll see you. You'll see them, you know, and they'll pick someone else, generally, is how that works, you know? So uh, the, only, the other people watching will be the bad guys. The conscious good guys will be watching. The other people you see watching are usually the bad guys, and you'll see. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's an interesting little game of chess. And then all of this rolls into having a plan. You know, it's, it all rolls into like, okay, cool. I place myself to be able to get the information I need to make a decision before something gets to the table where me and my family are seated. What do I do? Where am I going? Where are my exits? How trained is my family? Are they going to listen to me? Do we have uh, Do we have a code word? You know, like what? what are we going to do? Um, are they used to following me if I say, come with me, you know? So then you really start thinking about how you can move your, all the ducklings to where they need to go and what you're going to do. I'm at a concert with my significant other. Which direction is everyone going to run? Which direction am I, am I going to run? I'm going to go straight through this fence, straight under this fence. I'm going to go right under the stage out the backside and I'm going to jump that back fence. I'm not going to go the direction everybody's going to go. Do I have any medical equipment with me, second line gear, you start getting into um, that planning part of things, which generally is go the way no one else is going, find a hard room, find an exit. But if you think it through before it happens, you will be so far ahead <laughs> of most people. If you are sitting in a place where you'll see it before it happens and you're even halfway, quarter way looking for something, you're going to be a hundred times ahead of, uh, farther ahead of everyone. You will not have to deal with the amount of, you might have some cognitive dissonance. Like, you know, in the, when I was in the Marine Corps, I always would tell my, my young Marines, like, hey, think about what you're going to do before we find ourselves. Like, think about what we're going to do before we get blown up. And they'd be like, you know, they still give me the kind of like big brother, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're. and then of course I knew they didn't believe me because later on one of them, you know, comes to me and is like, um, he's like, corporal, I thought about what I was going to do if we get blown up. And I'm like, if, if I was like, we're, we're in a, we're in an area of operation an AO with 80% victim initiated IEDs, like 80% initiated by us, homie, we're the lead vehicle. We will get blown up. You better think about it. You better think it through. So he's like, okay, okay, okay. Sure enough, we get rocked, right? I have an out-of-body experience. Like this whole chapter of my life changed my entire life. Got hit with 62 pounds of homemade explosives. But anyways, afterwards he comes up to me and he's like, Corporal, you know, like I, I did exactly what I was thinking. I did exactly what I, what I planned to do when we got blown up. So it works. I've, 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 I've used it in combat, you know? This is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. This is how it's going to work. And then, boom, and you go into action. And everyone's yeah. like, wow, you know? And that's who you want to be um, when seconds count, you know? Yeah. So. And that's really what uh, had me reach out to you because of a handful of experiences that I've had recently and over the years, but recently there was some back-to-back -back things where I was like, I don't have a plan mm -hmm. and now I have a baby. So mm -hmm. I need to, what do I do? And I knew that you would, um, you would have that plan. And um, so thank you again. You're probably gonna hear me say thank you. Like <laughs> outstanding. No, but I, and I think, it's so important and it's it's so awesome that you dealt with it that way, you know, because those experience, I think those experiences, I think, raised your level of consciousness, your level of awareness. And now through those experiences and how responsible you're being as a result of those experiences, you're going to start to help other people realize and raise their level of awareness 
about, you know, maybe I really should do some things to keep myself and those I'm responsible for safe. Like, you know, women, they have our most valuable asset in the world. They are our most valuable. They're our partner. You know, this, this, in my opinion, is like your family is your enterprise as a protector. It's like you have to learn how to uh, transfer your skills to them in a way that's going to help keep them safe. You know, so this is like, um, this is a must. And those basics, yeah, those will definitely help you live a safer pattern of life. So now when you like zoom out and you're like, okay, cool. So what do I have to do today? You know, boom, transitional space, number one. Yeah. You know, all right, I got to go from here to the grocery store. All right, you got to park the car at the grocery store. Here's one that always like kind of really, um, even this is a complicated equation that even I'm trying to solve. Okay, when I'm out with my wife, and my you know little humans i'm sitting here and i'm putting them in the car seat and i'm like i hate this i absolutely hate this because you have to get your whole entire head in the vehicle and you have to like rinky dink around and the kids like doing kid stuff you know and you're just in here like like anyone can kill me while i'm in here you know and so and then you've got to understand you know like those parking lots they're watering holes you know, so it really comes down to that thinking ahead game again. It's okay, cool. I'm gonna have to get back to this car, bunch of groceries. Uh, there are advantages to being a female. You do have like, um, you know, there's like a, like a social influence, like a social superpower you can use, you know, like generally to make generalizations dangerously and, and loosely. Um, if you ask the dude in the grocery store to help you with stuff and help you carry things out to your car, you should be able to get some help. Now, I know there's a lot of changes going on in society, but that's, you know, that's something that you can use to uh, gain some more protection from. Um, okay, I'm going to have to pull, I'm going to have to get into this car, buckle my kids. I got to get my kids out of here, park in a place that has high visibility, that's at the front of the store, pull in or back in, in a way that is going to make it so that you, the back of you is not exposed to the entire open parking lot. So like if the back of you is going to have to be exposed, like back into that spot in front of the door or in a place that's highly populated. And if you need to wait, wait for a little bit until a good spot that you feel safe opens up and just do it and there's just like these little inconvenient things sometimes you have to do but if you can achieve a safer pattern of life and nothing ever happens for the next 30 40 50 the rest of your life it's totally to me it's totally worth it you know if you don't have to shoot someone you don't have to stab you know, do anything crazy this is kind of and no one's hunting us you know no one's hunting me they're hunting you guys so um, little things like that, you know, and understanding how to move in those environments. So those are kind of, that's like the ABCs of situational awareness. That's like how it kind of breaks. That's how it starts. Um, context, tactical positioning, rolling risk assessment, have a plan. Any questions come to mind or any questions in the in the chat? I can just start cracking off the rest of the bullets that I got. Also, until anyone asks a question, um, you made such a great point, so many, but one of them just reminded me when you were explaining, you know, having like some fancy car at two in the morning at a gas station in a, yeah. you know, sketcher area. It just reminds me of all the years in Los Angeles when I would be out with my friends and we're wearing short dresses and we're walking on Hollywood Boulevard you know, even though I lived close by and I felt like, oh, my apartment's right there. But some of the scariest things happened in those hours just for me walking like three blocks from, 100%. you know, a nightclub to my home. Um, and I think what has really um, helped with our awareness is living in Los Angeles and experiencing like a whole different world that not everyone gets to experience like being in a bigger city like that yeah so we're we're meeting and coming into contact close contact with way more people and um so the chances of running into people who aren't feeling well um is you know the chances are higher so 
I mean, it just makes so much sense. Like I could have avoided so many of those situations. And on top of it, a lot of times there was alcohol in my system. And so it was like, I was extra, you know, like relaxed and just like, oh, everyone's my friend. And I were just like, (laughs) (laughs) and then I didn't have a plan. And, you know, so I don't want this to be coming from like a place of like, I want us all to live in fear and and bad things happen. No, I feel like God has, um, and Byron and I, we've talked about this before, where God has helped us in all of those situations. And so we made it out alive, Mm -hmm. but there were situations where, you know, I know that people have ended up dead in those same situations. And so I feel that God was like, listen, I'm like, I can't promise that bad things aren't going to happen in the world. Like bad things are clearly happening. Um, And just having that awareness and trusting in myself and trusting in like my skills and trusting in my eyes and my senses is like just so powerful. And that's what we've been given by God is like, Mm -hmm. you know, and until I feel that my body is the weapon, you know, I like having my knife that, you know, that is going to be on me, especially in certain public settings where I just Mm -hmm. don't usually feel that safe. And I feel a little paranoid just knowing that I have that knife near me, you know, Mm -hmm. until my body is the weapon is, is a very comforting thing. So thank you for making sure that, you know, that I realized the importance of weapons if we don't feel that our body's, you know, ready. So yeah. I'm excited to hear about the martial arts. I know quite a few people that aren't signed on, but they wanted me to ask you um, just like uh, a move like <laughs> that women can do with yeah. their own bodies that that you, you know, would recommend if there is one that, you know, that people can just do without training. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you mentioned weapons and you mentioned like, your body being a weapon. So we'll talk about like force multipliers a little bit. <laughs> All the jujitsu heads are down. They're like, jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, I see you guys down there. I see you guys. We're, we're going to get to that. Uh, jujitsu is amazing um, because it does teach you how to use your whole entire body. It gives you advantages. Females power bases in their legs. It teaches you how to use those. Um so that's a, it's a really good advantage. Uh, there are positions a man is going to want to put you in that if you know jujitsu, you actually will have some advantages. Um, so that's like kind of super dope and pretty cool. Uh, but when it comes to martial arts, what I would say to females primarily is you don't want to have to use anything uh, in terms of your body, because you're at a disadvantage and the way war or combat is going to work for you, uh, your tool is going to be speed, intensity, and surprise. You have to be, uh, you're going to have to be sneaky and you're going to have to be efficient in order to win against a stronger adversary. Um, the, the videos I have and experiences I have where females have been triumphant, nine times out of 10, uh, the male just didn't perceive her as a threat. He pulled her in close and then he all of a sudden realized he was being stabbed or uh, he was going in to shoot someone else and all of a sudden a chick drew her weapon from in her purse, put two in his chest and dropped him, you know? Um, women can be very dangerous and it's kind of like that latest predator, you know, like, you didn't perceive me as a threat kind of thing. But when it comes to combatives for you guys, speed, surprise, and efficiency will be your 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 tools. Blades, in terms of force multipliers, I do not suggest pepper spray. I think pepper spray is kind of one of those false, false, it, hopefully if it's worked for you, thank God it worked. Um, but uh, you don't want to put your life on it. You know, if it's, if it's the only thing you can have, have it better to have it, not need it. But I wouldn't, if I could have something better, I would for sure have something better. So pepper spray. Okay. Decent option. A taser. Taser is another option, but if you get a taser, you need to make sure that you like 
fire the I got tasers. We use we have them at work and everything. Make sure you fire the test cartridge. You understand how it works. You make sure that you uh, test it from time to time to make sure it even still works. So there's like maintenance involved. There's a possibility it could short out on you. There's you have to understand what that uh, projectile is going to do when you actually use it because like it drops like five feet and it can be a whole thing. You can aim it somewhere and it lands somewhere else. So tasers are still kind of like eh, a little bit wobbly. A firearm is going to be your ultimate equalizer. Firearm is going to be the one thing you can carry and you can be just as dangerous, if not more dangerous than any other human anywhere, anytime, anyplace. Firearm is the ultimate. Now, you may have some anxiety about a firearm. Use competence and experience to get rid of that. The same way you did with driving or anything else that took, uh, that is relatively dangerous, that requires a level of competence. Make sure you have a good instructor that understands how to like introduce you to this art and go ahead and start learning. And don't give up. It's a, it is actually not that difficult, but you just kind of have to get acquainted with it. Once you understand the rules and once you understand what's safe and what is not safe and how to keep that weapon and that firearm safe, a lot of that anxiety is going to go away. And once you learn that that tool is 100% going to obey you, like that stuff goes away and then you're empowered and then you're walking around with something that literally makes you more dangerous than most of the predators out there and now you're a predator so welcome you know that's that's where the firearm does now blades blades are also awesome but you've got to understand the difference between these weapon systems right so a firearm you need distance in order to use it you need to make sure that you have the distance to implement it otherwise it can be taken from you a blade is the exact opposite you want your enemy to be as close as possible and so with a blade, you actually want to be, you know, in, you want to be in grabbing distance of each other, right? Um, unless you're using it to defend yourself or get away, but you don't want to do that. If you're a female, you want to use the element of surprise if you need to. Uh, advantages, you do have some advantages. Disparity of force, 50, 60 pounds uh, over you means you were in fear for your life and you can defend yourself in most cases in most states. Social advantages. You believe someone's following you. You believe uh, you even think that you think that you feel unsafe. You can go somewhere to a crowded area or to someone who's in charge of that venue and say, hey, I feel unsafe. Uh, would you mind escorting me to my car? Would you mind uh, helping me? You can walk up to another male that you feel somewhat comfortable enough and just ask for help. There's no shame in it. <laughs> you know. I started I actually started doing it after the more the more recent things that have happened um when I've gone to the grocery store it's been twice now that I went at nighttime not even that late but it was dark yeah. in the parking lot and I started walking out towards my car and I just went back in and I felt so comfortable to just say hey can you walk me to my car and they yeah. love doing it they're like yes that I want to walk you to your car yeah and I used to be like why does someone need to be walked to their car like because the bags are heavy, like they want, the, you know, like I didn't understand. Yeah. And the two times that I've done it, it just felt so nice. I felt like yeah. it was a great, it was a great uh, feeling between me and the person too. It was like making yeah. them feel like, like oh, I'm the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so they were like excited. They're like, I hope more people ask me to walk them to their car. And I was like, yeah. And it's just That's like, awesome. yeah. So. You gave them a sense of purpose and a sense, yes. and like us men crave that, you know, yes. like we, that's, we thrive on it. It's totally organic to who we are, how we want to be seen and how we want to show up in the world in many cases. So it's like you walk up to the average male and you're like, Hey, uh, I need some help with this. Or I feel kind of uncomfortable. Would you like play hero for five minutes? They're going to be like, yeah, dude, of course I got you. You know, this is what we're designed to do. Yeah. Uh, you know, you feel like someone's following you duck into uh, a Starbucks or well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> my buddy crack. I said this the other day, my buddy's cracking jokes. You know, he, he's from Texas anyway. So <laughs> duck into a Starbucks and say, you know, sit there. You don't have to make uh, a scene, but keep yourself safe. 
if you want to ask for help, ask for help. But yeah. duck into that Starbucks and call your husband or call whoever it is. Like, I really just want you guys to understand there's no shame in, make, in, in placing your security and your survivability over offending someone who may or may not be following you, over offending someone who may or may not be watching you, over offending... Uh, misjudging someone because you feel like something's weird and you don't want to get on an elevator with them. Don't get on the elevator. <laughs> you know, like, and don't be polite. And because when you read that book, The Gift of Fear, you'll see that that's one of the primary ways that people um, become victimized is this whole like polite needing to be a good person kind of thing. Yep. Um, yep. So those are some female advantages. Now, when it comes to martial arts, and this was your original question, I was like making my way there through all the uh, force multipliers and everything. Violence, speed, violence, intensity. Jiu-Jitsu is a good martial art. It teaches you how to use your entire body. It teaches you how to defend yourself and do a lot of things. I'm not like a Jiu-Jitsu specialist or expert, so I'm not going to say, you know, too much about it but what i will say is um i love that it teaches you to use your legs and defend yourself and that's where female strength is but i don't want you also to be in a situation like that if you can avoid it but if you're in a situation like that this is the exact inverse of that right so it's like i don't want you to be in a situation on the ground grappling with a dude it is a very bad situation for anyone a dude or female to be in that is a bad combative situation but if you're in like a bad combative situation on the ground having to grapple with someone you better know how to grapple right so it's like yeah. it's like two sides of that exact same coin yeah. right you know things like muay thai or like krav that teach you striking these things are good but a female not gonna do out like this is not uh wonder woman you know like that's yeah. it's, it's not what you want to be trying to do yeah. however at the same time the principle of Krav, which is achieve a higher level of violence quicker and in the most intense fashion possible, is literally the base principle that you want to use if you find yourself in a dangerous situation. That predator literally needs to realize, like, like he needs to instantly experience hell on earth for, like, however long it takes for you to get out of that. Like, he literally needs to be like, either dying or like no this is horrible i hate this this is terrible this is a horrible idea i'm going somewhere else like, dang it you know like that's how he needs to feel so those principles of achieving that high level of intense violence uh at the beginning of that fight you don't fight anyone you end fights if you find yourself in those situations. So those principles are awesome. And Krav is awesome for doing that. Understanding how to strike is awesome, like Muay Thai. But that one principle of achieving the highest level of violence possible at the very beginning before think that changes the entire scenario. Um, never surrender, never go with, never placate or anything like that. Because once they have moved you, your chances of survivability go way down. Once they're like, hey, go over here, get into this corner, get in this car, uh, like get into a position where no one else can see you. Which is what happened to me um, with a gun. And as soon as it was there, it was like, I was like, I'll do anything. Yeah. I'll do anything because now, you know, and um, so, yeah. I feel like just knowing all this, like that situation would have never happened. Yeah. It's just so interesting looking back. I'm like, whoa, if I had the tools, I wouldn't have, you know, walked in that area, seeing two guys with a hoodie, exactly what you described. Yeah. This <laughs> who popped out and was like, hey, okay, we have a gun to you, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Was there any other questions? There's been so many people, but yeah. <laughs> right now there's been some, I've seen some pop around on there. And I can talk a little bit about like considerations for keeping your home safe as yep. well. Yeah. Uh, if there's one of those that just jump out at you down there. Yeah. But uh, if you see a good one, we can, we can jump into it, but real quick, you guys, a uh, consideration for, you know, protecting your home. Your home is like, Obviously, your nest, this is where, I mean, we work to create and invest in this environment. Like, this is like the physical outpicturing of what so much of our energy goes into. Um, if I was going to give you a quick over 100-foot view on protecting your home, just think about these principles. 
you want to make your home the most stupidest place <laughs> for someone to try and take advantage of. Like literally think so think like a predator, right? Walking down the street, looking at the houses, and you're like, you know, these dudes, sweet, you know, they've got a nice car, they've got this, they've got that. Maybe I'll hit this house. So for those reasons, if you have a nice car, make sure you park in the garage, all those different things. Keep anything that's valuable out of sight if you can, but you want to light up the universe, right? So like they touch the tip of your lawn, lights, <laughs> awareness, and you really want to make it so that your house is the most well lit, uh, the corners in the house, like, so, you know, houses have contours with dark spots. You want those areas to be lit up as well, because those are the areas that people get attacked from when they're going from their house into their garage. If you have a, if you have a garage for getting in and out of your car, huge advantage. That's awesome. Um, but the first thing I'd say with your home is lighting. Make sure that bad boy is lit up, especially also in your backyard, because what does your backyard represent? It represents an environment where someone can break into your house under the cover of a fence and completely not be bothered by other people watching. So lights are very important. Motion sensing lights are very important. Then you get into the um, surveillance. You know, you want to make sure that you have uh, surveillance around your house, especially in the, especially at your front door when people approach your house. Now, these things sound so simple, but you know most of y'all don't got it done. You know you don't got it done. Well, and I used to think, I genuinely used to believe, like, no, I trust so much. Like, I would, yeah. I, I was like, there's no, nothing can happen to me. Like, that's really how I felt. But then when things did happen here and there, I'm like, what the heck? I see why people have cameras and <laughs> yeah. the motion sensor lights. Like, yeah. and there's been times where... Because I didn't have a camera, I didn't have like footage that I really wished I had. And because my neighbor had a camera, he had the footage that I needed in order for me to sleep that night comfortably knowing like, okay, you know, with that, with that evidence, mm -hmm. I know, you know, it just was so comforting that, that someone had a camera to, yes. to capture it. So, yeah. And the thing with cameras like, they're not going to save you, okay? Yeah. Like, I hate, I kind of hate cameras because all they ever do is show you who did what to you afterwards. Like, that's so true. Oh they my gosh. even catch it, you know? So you're just like, ah. And then you're like, and then here's the guy walking, jumping over the fence, and you're just like, oh, this is, you know. But at least, but it brings some comfort when you're like, we actually got it. So yes. make sure you have your nest, your doorbell, whatever system you want to use around your perimeter and especially your doorbell. We don't answer the door for anybody. Good to go. Like, unless we know who they are. If I know you since, like, third grade, good to go. You ain't coming to my house, all right? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, we've we've seen people using urban camouflage to be able to make entry to someone's house. Hey, all the way down to selling Boy Scout cookies and then six dudes with guns, you know, break, run and bum rush the front door. So, you know, answer the door at your own risk nowadays. Um, yeah. Uh, and then inside the house, just a few quick bullet points on, you know, positioning of things. Do you have a force multiplier? Do you have a firearm? What do you have? Where is it located? How quick can you actually get to it, actually access it, actually implement it? Where are the hard points in your room? Where would you hide if someone or something was happening? What's your plan to get your kids and get them to a safe place? Geometries of fire, where should you fire from? Like things going through walls if you find yourself in a position like that you just want to be aware of these things ahead of time what's your backdrop you know where are your medical do you have any medical gear inside the home do you know where it is do you know how to use it fire extinguishers different things like that you may need the best alarm system in the universe is a dog <laughs> it just is it just it's so is. true all this it's so true so, you know, you can decide if you want to deal with that or not. But those are just like some really high level principles about protecting your house that you already know that I'm just really reminding you of, but they will make for a safer nest. And we got five minutes, so I feel like I should open it up. Um, 
Yep. Or anything else you want to touch on or anything they want to ask or any of that fun stuff? Um, the dog thing. I mean, I have mentioned this to you, but I want to share it anyways. I had a dog for 17 years who was a major barker and always alerted me way before someone was going to approach my door. And then a few days after he passed, um, two kids tried to break the a window at my home. And what it really taught me, I felt like it was a message from my dog. After all those 17 years of him really protecting my home, he was like, hey, I'm not here anymore. My voice and my bark is not your, you know, alarm. alarm. And so really that was like, that was a wake up call. And it felt really beautiful that it, it happened in that timing where I was like, okay, I really do need, I need an extra set of like eyes and ears um, when I'm home alone with, with, with baby. So yeah, the dogs, thank you, dogs. Yeah, dogs are awesome. I always got a dog or two. The other thing I would say to my boy, uh, Gray Man Project, don't think that you're gonna just be able to do any of this. Like, don't think you're just gonna shoot a guy, you know, don't think you'll be able to just use a blade and it'll be okay. Okay. Um, don't think that, you know, you, these hard skills require practice and they require skill. You have to develop skill around these tools. Um, otherwise, you're kind of more of a liability. Something I say a lot to people that come through my executive protection schools, like if you don't know what to do with that thing, you might be carrying it for me, you know? And that's kind of how you got to look at it, and especially if you're a female. So you've got to understand how to be efficient and effective with these. It's not as much about what weapon system you purchase as much as it is about the training you have to support any weapon system or combative system that you that you want to implement. The software is the most important part of this whole conversation. <laughs> you know, like the software is where it's at. That's how you keep yourself safe. And that's how you implement everything I'm talking about. I love it. My mom wants me to add, she she told me to add this earlier and I forgot. So she, she commented to put a talk radio near your front door so they think some people are inside talking. <laughs> That's awesome. There you Thanks, go, mom. mom. That's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> it has kept me safe all, my whole life. So thank you for always doing that, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's some wisdom from, hey, that's, that's, if it's working, let's go with it. I love it. Oh, someone, um, my friend Ellie has a question. You mentioned having a good teacher when it comes to introducing firearms. Where do you recommend to start? She's down south by you, too. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was in the Marines. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or no, she was in the Navy. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend my own defender, Fabio Spinella. Uh, he, me and my wife went through an eight-month course six month course one saturday per month you get all of the on the at home and online curriculum all of the at home and online curriculum to become very competent at firearms a little bit of medical setting your home up you go to the range one saturday per six months and you confirm with fabio who's an amazing instructor um, i like that course because it's long and it's multidisciplinary, and you really, by the end of it, go from unboxing your gun to being able to shoot a shooting competition with the class. And you get a little bit of tactics, you get competitive shooting, and you get medical, and you get home protection strategies, and you get safes, and you get you get everything that has to do with really becoming a gun owner. So, Fabio, artifacts training is also another is also another awesome cadre um, out here that they do CCW stuff and. Um, I go and learn from them all the time too. So those are two local ones and I'll be doing some stuff soon. So if you're following me, then you're just, you know me, I'm going to drop mad videos on it and tell yep. you all about it too much. <laughs> protector Nation, protector Nation um, I'll share that too. Yeah. But as soon as we're done, I can share um, information on that because it's amazing. Awesome. Well, I'm waiting for that. I hope this thing isn't just shut off right now because I think we're on our last minute. We are. <laughs> that was so fun. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate you. And um, we'll probably do something similar um, in the future with maybe some more martial arts or something in person, hopefully. 
And um, yeah, I, I'm, I hope that everyone enjoyed. I definitely have like pages of notes. Um, so thank you. Thank you. It's such an honor, Shiva. Mm -hmm. Outstanding. Bye. Yeah, just the beginning. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll see y'all. Boom. This is my MCK. There are many like it, but this one is mine. If you've got a firearm sitting around, a pistol that you are not doing anything with, get an MCK. They make them for every single model. If you want a micro conversion kit that will turn your handgun into a force multiplier, get one, man. They are ultra affordable. CAA MCK micro conversion kits are the changing the game, y'all. So if you don't have one, you need to get one. Get one, your women, children, people that are less physically potent will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. You will be able to fire your firearm to farther distances with more accuracy. I wanna get one of these into the hands of 100,000 more protectors this year because ultimately we are only as good as the things, the nation is only as good as its protection. Your home is only as safe and as good as your ability to protect it. MCK, go get one, drop your handgun in, take it to the next level, out, boom. Boom, yo, what up? I hope you guys really enjoyed that episode. Hey, listen, in order to get more out of the brand, I wanna encourage you to go join us on our social media platforms and join us at protectornation.com. We post different types of content on our different platforms at different times. Uh, you'll get blog posts, you'll get videos, you'll get real world combat engagements and things like that. So stay plugged in in order to get the most out of the brand. In order to support us, also go to protectornation.com and buy something or join forces with me on Patreon. You'll scroll down the homepage and you'll see the link. Uh, anything you can give counts, you know, think about whatever you would lose in your cushions or like spend on McDonald's this month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, that helps, that helps us make the world a better place by making good people dangerous. Anyways, this is Byron Rogers, protector by nature and by trade. And I'll see you on the next piece of content, whether it's a video or podcast out.